Welcome to the 13th episode of the Nerddom and Other Nonsense podcast. Your home for all things nerddom, gaming, tech, and entertainment. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter for the latest updates and info. Today, we'll be talking about what we've been playing this week, the latest gaming news, and a little bit about a thing in games called eSports. I'm Savage, and with me today, I have... Leo. I'm Bcom. So, uh, how are you guys doing this week? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, they got me training three different people at work, and even though they're doing all the work, it's still tiring in its own way. <laughs> Dealing with people sucks. Yeah, usually I, have to, I only have to deal with a machine, which is its own thing, but yeah, now it's people. <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Bcom? Well... I have found the motherland, and I refuse to return to the land of wall building and misogyny. Okay, Fantastic. so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fun week over there in uh, Japan, Become. Uh, <laughs> what have you been playing this week, Savage? I've been uh, pretty much exclusively playing games on stream this past week. Uh, with my wife being out of town this past weekend, I did quite a bit of streaming, just because... It was the only way to pass time because I didn't What was your highest like, uh, viewer rate? Uh, 18, I think, was the highest I've hit so far. What, like 18 consecutive viewers. Um, and that, that, that spiked randomly. Like, I was, I was playing Minecraft on stream on Monday, and all of a sudden it was just like it went from like four or five viewers to like 18 instantly and just held there. Which then led to me doing a bunch of stupid crap I probably shouldn't have and getting myself killed in the game. <laughs> and they were all like, I don't want to keep watching this idiot. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I ended the stream anyways because it, it all happened like within the last half hour of my stream anyways. Because I was like, eh, my wife's coming home. I've got to get off. I've got to make dinner, you know. But no, literally like, boom, just all this crap happened. And then I was like trapped in the nether and couldn't move and it, it was <laughs> awful but other than that uh other than minecraft at least played quite a bit of league of legends this past week um i did a four hour stream on saturday night i streamed well actually it was it was like four and a half i streamed from like ten thirty uh till like one thirty, almost two in the morning i wish i had that kind of time I don't have that kind of time normally, <laughs> and I'm never up that late, but the wife wasn't home, so I was like, I can't sleep, <laughs> so... Uh, decided to be a rebel, I see. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been playing this week, Leo? Uh, I'm still playing Fire Emblem Heroes, but I've basically just run out of things to do. I've... Finally! It's a miracle! Let's I'm, all celebrate! At, <laughs> at this point, I'm just logging in to just get the... Uh, uh, free items you get i have actually 101 uh orbs right now because they don't there's no heroes that i want right now to summon so i'm just saving them up until they come out with some new ones and 101 is a lot of orbs <laughs> they'll get me uh, a lot of rolls yeah that's that's quite a bit uh how many hours have you put into fire emblem heroes or do you is there no way to tell i i don't know and i don't think there is an option there may be somewhere but it, but it's like a daily game, so like I'll log in for a little bit at work, and then that's the end of it. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Still playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which is just an awesome game. Period. The end. 
it's the more and more I get into the story, the harder it is to put it down. It's really, really grabbing a hold of me. Was it worth the 300 and however much you've paid for it? What? Oh, for yeah. the, if you're including the PS4 Pro? Well, yeah, I think I'm that including was the PS4 Pro. <laughs> that was 400 And then I had the, then I bought a year's worth for of uh, internet service for it, whatever, the PlayStation Pass. So that was 60 bucks. Then the game was, I think I bought like in limited edition, so it was like 75 or 80 So, so I spent you, over 500 yeah. <laughs> on this one game so far. <laughs> I did it, uh, pre-order Persona 5, though. Off Amazon, so that oh, yeah. that comes out uh, right at some like April fourth or something like that. Yeah, right it's like this April. coming Tuesday. So you and Become will be able to talk about at least your first impressions on that this next week. Yeah, I think I'm really going to enjoy that one. And I have also been playing Destiny, Woo! which is <laughs> awesome. We uh, just yesterday they came out with the uh, basically their last big update. And uh, it was Kyle, also known as Ermagod Turd Ferguson, and Rollerarchy and I, we did the Nightfall. And I recorded the footage, and uh, Savage will put this over this uh, YouTube video. And it's it's pretty interesting. It, like, at first, we thought we could go all gung-ho. Uh, we almost wiped, like, really quickly. <laughs> but we did it without wiping, and we got to the end. And, like, they, I want to say the finale because it was a... Uh, was it taking Tanix or whatever he is? Is what the nightfall was, and it was all three burns, plus the new daybreak one or whatever it's called, where your super recharges quickly. Nice. Everything hits like a truck when you have all three burns on. It is it's insane in there, and let's just say at the final end, we all died, but Tanix died to my uh, solar flares, so. It gave us the win and we respond instantly <laughs> and got our reward. So it was awesome. Yeah. I'll look forward fun. to actually watching that while I edit this podcast. Uh, <laughs> like I said, at first it's just sad, but then it, it starts picking up once we figure out how we need to play with this new game mechanic. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently actually, as we're recording the podcast editing or not editing, uh, downloading the update for destiny. I haven't actually... My Xbox is just, like, covered in dust. I haven't given it any love recently. Oh, poor guy. I know. It, it's it's sad. It's all covered in dust and just kind of sits there because I've mostly been going back to PC gaming. But, you know, with my streaming schedule, I'm hoping to, like, make Thursdays because Thursdays are kind of my, like, to be announced. Like, my, Minecraft is on Mondays. League of Legends is on Wednesdays after the podcast. And then, like, Thursdays I'll play, like, whatever... So I'll probably start doing more Xbox games on Thursdays if I can, but what, what? yeah, like tomorrow I'm, I'm going to stream our raid. So yeah, I'm going to be recording it. I probably won't be streaming, just recording. Yeah. Cause if you record it, then we can, uh, always sync it up with the rest of this podcast. Cause the nightfall, I assume the nightfall didn't take you guys over an hour. No, no, no. Uh, well there's actually, oh, and I did get my icebreaker. No, there's Finally. actually a, uh, it's called Sunrise. You get it from uh, Zavahala or what, I forget his name, Zalavadala, Titan guy in the bottom. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You play this game. But it's called the Sunrise Bounty, and if you complete a Nightfall Strike in under 30 minutes, that's what gives you a chance at uh, the Icebreaker. Nice. 
or so. a legendary weapon. It's totally worth doing it. No, I think we completed it in 1710, but we got the Tanix with like 20 minutes left. So, like, we just wrecked it. Nice. Even with the slow start, but it was really good. So, uh, BCOM, what have you played this week? Well, I've been playing my skin flute, um, Japan Simulator, and Learn Japanese to Survive, which is actually a game. Well, okay then. Uh, yeah, maybe Can we talk we'll... about Destiny again, real quick. Uh, just just briefly, and then we will be done for this episode. <laughs> Absolutely done. <sighs> Are you guys in your refusal of Destiny? I... Anyways, Destiny. Uh, basically, Destiny Two has been officially announced now, and they, which was kind of cool. They did. They have a teaser for their announcements trailer, which isn't coming out for couple more days no i think it's tomorrow on thursday yeah, it's 30th, it's right? it's on thursday yeah yeah but tuesday on the 28th they came out with a uh, teaser trailer and it's uh Cade six just being all funny and everybody should go look at it and this isn't really spoilers since it's like a minute and a half video but the uh tower is currently under attack that's how he starts off by saying he's like so i'm in this boring meeting i don't remember what it was about it wasn't i don't think it was important i didn't care but then boom and then the, the trailer just takes off and pew pew, pew pew it's it's hilarious yeah he's like i shot a guy over here that shot a guy over there that shot another guy there that shot two more over here <laughs> it's it's awesome oh yeah it did get me a little bit excited for destiny 2 just a little though oh only a little only a little. Yeah. It's, it was just a little teaser. It was just the tip. Yeah, this announced... I, I think the in, internet and the Destiny community is probably going to break tomorrow when they release that trailer, which will be 1 o'clock for us in Eastern Standard Time. Sweet. So, uh, getting into some more news this week. It seems Rocket League has had some server performance issues. Um as kind of a direct result of the game's 40% spiking gameplay recently. So the CEO... Um, well, they're on three, all three systems right now, right? Uh, they are not on the Switch yet. That's actually our next story I said there. three. Huh? I said three. PC, Xbox, uh, and PS4. Eh, I guess I don't, I don't really... I don't include Switch as a system. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't count PC as a system. To me, PC is just its own thing. It's not really a gaming I, system. Well, when I said it, I meant as like the three main gaming platforms. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely on PC. So I guess if you want to call it Leo's Big Three, then yes, it's, it's on the yeah. three. Leo's Big Three. Oh, God. Leo's um, Big Three. <laughs> But yeah, so their their CEO penned a letter kind of saying like, hey, we know it sucks. We know we've messed up our servers. We're looking on how to like uh, work on upping the performance, and we apologize because the game is growing so rapidly, and they plan for it to be around for a while. Um, and we'll get into that topic later with eSports. But yeah, so it looks like the game pretty much, or like the company Psyonix is just kind of came out and been like, yeah, we suck. We don't have the servers because we didn't expect this game to just blow up like it has. So, uh, <laughs> caught him off guard. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of going in with that, they're actually currently evaluating whether or not to bring the Switch, uh, bring, bring Rocket League to the Switch. Um, so I can, to me, it seems like a common sense thing for Psionics to do. 
because it, it's definitely a family friendly game. It's got esports potential. It's got all these things going for it. So I can't imagine them not taking it to the Switch, which is kind of like that whole like ecosystem is built for that. So I don't know. Depends on how well uh, the Switch's uh, online multiplayer works. That's true too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no, we don't have any idea yet, do we? Is there any games out for it? If there is. I haven't heard. I don't know. Our our resident Switch expert is busy uh, playing instruments in Japan. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What other news do we have this week? We have uh, well, Xbox basically kind of fi- finally uh, admitted that the Xbox One launch was kind of a not that good. You think? Because there was a lot of uh, people were up in arms about it always being online just to play anything, which is terrible. But it had to do with because they have to authenticate all the games. The games is yours and stuff like that. So that's why it was always online. And it also so that you could play from any Xbox platform and that your family could play on any account on the Xbox and things like that. But eventually they worked around it and... But it's just funny how they, because they don't come out and say it, but there's one paragraph in there as clearly what he's talking about. And what kind of sucks is this is a different boss than the one who was in charge of that. So he has to apologize for him. Yeah. And I, this is like, what, the the Xbox One came out in 2014, so this would have been like E3 2013. So we're talking almost four or five years ago or something <laughs> now. That it's like, okay, you made the mistake at E3 by saying you always have to be online. A connect in every household. Um, Like, there were so many things that they just announced when they announced it at E3 that gamers were like, okay, this is great for developers. It sucks for us, though. Um, But then they kind of backtracked and listened to the gamers. And then again, that could be why they're hurting for... uh, exclusives right now is because publishers have just found that going towards PlayStation or just PC is better off for them right now. So Xbox keeps making ground back with like the game pass and, you know, the compatibility between PC and like buy once anywhere, play anywhere type of thing. Play on both. And I did boot up Resident Evil seven on my computer just to see if I could. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, Once, hopefully, 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 I can get a computer that will be able to actually run, like, high-end games and not just use a laptop. Or, you know, if I have a laptop, it'll be a Razer, and then I'll just not have to worry about it. Gosh. Dude, I will push that. Um, Oh, we know it's going to be a Razer. You're not surprising any of us. Yeah. um, But it's just one of those things, like, uh, I would love to be able to like play Gears of War on my PC because I feel like I'd be much better at it than I am on an Xbox, which is not very good. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So let's... Uh, let's talk about a game that I have pre-ordered but not played yet, which is uh, Mass Effect because I'm too busy playing like two other games specifically, that Destiny and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is just amazing. Yeah. So. But... It, in it an looks, interview, you want it? Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and take it because you're going to play it before I will. So I'll, I'll take this and just dump on it. <laughs> but uh, no, so Mass Effect Andromeda was, I guess, almost like No Man's Sky where it was 
more open world and procedurally generated planets. So like, you know how in No Man's Sky and like Minecraft, it's just, there's a program that just will automatically create these areas and planets and stuff and so on and so forth. And it's technically limitless. That's, that's what Mass Effect Andromeda was, I guess, originally designed as. And then they kind of backed away because they felt like that wasn't really the type of game they wanted to make. They wanted to make it more story rich and like linear focused than just kind of this open world exploration thing, which... And it's still very open world from what I can tell. Yeah, it's it's definitely still open world, which is staying true to the Mass Effect franchise, but as many problems as they've had, I think it's probably for the best that they didn't go all in like No Man's Sky or something, because mm-hmm. I feel like as much backlash as there's been against No Man's Sky, it would only intensify the backlash that there's already been against Mass Effect, so... <laughs> and there has been a lot. <laughs> uh, so... Let's see, what else do we have? Looks like Call of Duty World War II is all but confirmed. Um, There's an article on Eurogamer basically where uh, a Reddit user came out and like said he had like screenshots or took pictures, I guess, of like new artwork for the, the new Call of Duty game. And it's it's basically confirming that it's set in World War Two, and it might even be called Call of Duty World War Two. So I haven't played a Call of Duty in the longest time, but if I they return, never played it. yeah, if they return back to World War Two, I will probably buy this game because the old Call of Duties like one, two, three, four, well, not four, one, two, three, and World at War were fantastic games. So I don't know. Okay, well, um, let's talk about, I don't know if it's everybody's favorite, but GameStop, gaming store. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's uh, everybody's favorite store. Yeah. Okay, that's your words, not mine. But they are closing (laughs) up to 225 of their stores due to basically just profits. They said it's only like a 2 or 3% of their profits, but they haven't been doing very good. But I guess they have had an increase in like their collectible sales. So like they're opening their own stores with the collectibles and stuff. Maybe it's weird. Uh, yeah, it seems like yeah. collectibles and things like that are mostly most of their sales right now in used games. So they're probably not going away anytime soon, but they're just shrinking a little bit. Um, which I, I'm not sure if you can hear that Leo. It's the uh, uh, world's smallest violin. Mm. playing a song because i don't care <laughs> i have don't think i've ever uh, shopped at a GameStop. i used to be a like rewards pro member but mm-hmm. i just got over how pushy they were and just like always in your face and always trying to like nickel and dime you and just like i Ugh. i want nothing to do with GameStop. it was awful i felt yeah, see here every- in town we at one time had two game stops then we went down to one, but we also have this other, like, it's a mom and pop shop for using and selling video games and consoles, and everybody I knew went there anyway, so, like, and I don't think even GameStop could compete with them, because they were just so much more popular. Well, I think there's still two GameStops, or did the one over on the... By 46 closed. Really? Huh. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that one closed, because there's... <laughs> 
There's then the one GameStop, which is over by, like, uh, what is it? Chick-fil-A. Sorry. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A and whatever. Best Buy. And then you've got, uh, yeah, right right next to a Best Buy. How convenient. But then you've also got, it's called Disc Replay over there by, like, Rural King and whatever. Just down the road. Yeah. And then, then way out of town, I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, is a place called Granny Bee's, which is a real mom and pop shop where it's just like... Anything you could ever imagine, plus cats. Um, <laughs> so, and then just basic gaming needs. There's also a Walmart on the other side of that GameStop, <laughs> so it's sandwiched between a Best Buy and a Walmart. <laughs> yeah, it, it's sandwiched between a Best Buy, a Walmart. What else is like within earshot of it that sells games? Uh, Target. Yeah, Target. Target. There's a Target right in down between the road. it and the disc replay. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that it may be one of the ones that closes shop. So, I mean, I was I having one in our town was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But having two didn't make sense at all. No, I mean, our, the the town we're both from it is not that big. So, oh well. Yep. So, a little news about a game you've played at least a decent bit. Um, Halo Wars Two may be getting a Steam release. Um. And, you know, Microsoft has always said they're open to the possibility of releasing games on Steam and, like, publishing them on there to where, you know, people can get it through Steam if that's what they choose rather than deal with Microsoft's ecosystem. But I I couldn't imagine them doing a release with a first-party game on Steam. I figured, like, Halo would never leave anywhere but Microsoft. Because even for mm-hmm. the longest time, they've been reluctant to put Halo on PC. So, yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah, because what Halo Two, you had to have Vista. Like it, it wouldn't run on XP, and nobody wanted <laughs> Vista. Um, yeah. And then Halo Three didn't get a PC release at all. Halo Four didn't have a PC release. Reach didn't have a PC release. Halo Wars 1 didn't have a PC release. So it's it's really like Halo 5, which I don't think has a PC release, but I think I don't know. you can get like the Halo app for your computer and you can do like forging on your computer, which is another reason I want a good computer so I can actually like forge more intricately on a computer. Oh yeah, that'd be way better than using the controller. Yeah, I mean you've you've played a decent amount of like my own handmade maps, but not not as good as I would like some of them to be. <laughs> so yeah, you're kind of limited with that. Um, this next article, conveniently titled "Rotten Tomatoes is Ruining Movies," is from my understanding of reading it, it just sounds like Brett Ratner. You know, a director that did, you know, the uh, latest Batman v Superman. Um, Among other uh, terrible movies. Hey, it just sounds like he's complaining that Rotten Tomatoes ruined his movie. Yeah. See, I'll I'll read the actual quote. I kind of get where he's coming from. But it just sounds like he's whining for the most part to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll read the quote. It says, The worst thing that we have in today's movie culture is Rotten Tomatoes, said Ratner, whose company, Rat Pack, blah, 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 did Donna justice. I think it's the destruction of our business. I have such respect and admiration for film criticism. When I was growing up, film criticism was a real art, and there was intellect that went into it. 
and you would read Pauline Kael's reviews or some others, and that doesn't exist now. Now it's a number, a compounded number, about how many positives versus negatives. Now it's more about what's your Rotten Tomatoes score. And that's sad because Rotten Tomatoes score was so low for Batman v Superman, I think it put a cloud over the movie that was incredibly successful. <laughs> and he, he just keeps going on and on and on. But it's like, no, just admit you made a crap movie. Nobody liked it. Yes, it sold well because people wanted to go see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. But like Suicide Squad won an Oscar. Congratulations! It's still a bad movie. Oh God, it's such. Oh, didn't they win makeup? Yeah, they won makeup. They won. That was the podcast where my audio was killed by a dog. <laughs> yeah, they won with makeup, and like we listed a couple other movies. Like there was the Star Star Trek one. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like. Yes, I understand that, like, Metacritic, which I think we've talked about before, of how dangerous it can be for video game companies where you have people that are, like, you know, their bonuses, their livelihoods are based off of one single number, which is the Metacritic score. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's dangerous to only look at that, but to a degree, I think uh, our Japanese friend BCOM has a bit of a point with things, like... Go out, experience it for yourself. Don't just take people's word for it. Yes, Metacritic scores do affect like games and so on and so forth. But like, if you want to go see a movie, understand that it might not be perfect. Okay, so have lower expectations. Then you won't hate it as much. But like, yeah, and also one of the other things he does, he's he doesn't really trust or believe anybody. <laughs> so he, uh, but he does have a certain few uh, critics that he does you know, kind of believe their words and whatnot. And that's just from doing, you know, a little bit of research. You'll tend to find out that your what you think makes a movie good or a game good uh, will coincide with a certain uh, critic. And so you'll listen to them more often than not. But as a couple of examples they had in this article of, like, low Rotten Tomato scores, they have, like, Home Alone at 55%, uh, Hook at 30 uh, Wet Hot American Summer, which I've never seen at 32, and uh, The Mighty Ducks at 15%, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a classic. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, that that's a classic movie from my childhood. I don't care that it has 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Who cares? Yeah, yeah it doesn't doesn't bother me, but then I guess people looking at it, it that just goes to show, I guess, that you can't trust these things. And there's also another one here. It says Netflix's Iron Fist scored only an 18%. And I've watched like three episodes of it and it's, I find it bland. Yeah. See, no, I've heard that just getting off on Iron Fist a little bit. I don't pay for Netflix anymore because it just wasn't worth the time I was spending on it. Um, I see my roommate's moving out. So I'm going to get a subscription for myself now. Oh, <laughs> she didn't like the podcast. <laughs> she bought her own house, man. <laughs> Moving up, yeah. If, believe me, that's that's a lot of problems. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's, fellow homeowner, man, I get it. Yeah, it it sucks, but yeah, I don't know. Like Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's nice to be able to if you want to just go and like take a quick look and say, oh, is this movie like worth going in seeing in theaters? For me, if it's like below. Uh, 65 i'll wait till it like comes out or something like to where i can just you know using direct tv like pay two dollars and 30 cents to rent it for me and my wife rather than pay 20 bucks to go see it in a theater 
but then there's some movies like Hidden Figures where just there was all this hype about it, even though it wasn't, it didn't have a high critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but like it was something that it was more of a social event, like go see it in theaters with everybody else. So for me, that's that's where it is. It's like, oh man, that's the way I am with uh, the Fast and the Furious. I got a group of friends. We go even if I think there's something wrong with the movies. <laughs> I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Oh well, I mean, they're cool. Yeah, and if you especially if you have an interest in cars, you get to see cool cars. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you you have a lot of friends who like customize sport bikes and cars and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. yeah, not so much me, but. Yeah, most of them. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I think it was maybe one of our friends, uh, I see a wiener, who, like, wasn't he the one that painted his bike like the ugly green color? No, that was... Or was that you? No, that was JC. Oh. He painted it Mex- the Mexican flag colors. Oh, God. Yeah, but uh, I see a wiener is, like, he's all about customizing his cars and living in his garage and... Stuff like that, so. I, I just love the idea. He's all about living in his garage. Uh, if he can live in his garage and work on his vehicles, he would, he'd be happy. He could die in there, a happy man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's let's get into the next story, which is kind of similar, I guess, to Rotten Tomatoes, like, ruining movies. I guess YouTube is ruining the internet, according to advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the government... Uh, ruining the internet with now they can have a uh, internet companies sell your internet history <laughs> yeah well that's been happening for forever everybody knows google has collected and sold people's information for the longest time which google is youtube so what well, yeah but now they're making it legal yeah <laughs> um so basically it looks like uh lots of like big name advertisers are pulling out from advertising on Google um, due to, like, their videos, like, and ads being placed on uh, offensive videos. So, like, in recent history, not to, like, bash a YouTuber or anything, because I I watch the guy's content, and sometimes I find him funny. Sometimes I don't. But, like, PewDiePie, obviously been in the news lately. Like, even mainstream media for, like, being offensive and things like that and sometimes he jokes and he even put out like an hour and a half long interview he did this past week that was just completely uncut of him explaining like why he does things the way he does and all that but it's like offensive videos that are like way further down than even like PewDiePie who's like considered fringe offensive at times like they're way past that like alt-right alt-left like all these like super offensive groups and like Johnson's and Johnson's is advertising alongside the KKK, so it's like, <laughs> wow, yeah, it, yeah, I could see how a uh, manufacturer would have a uh, issue with that. Yeah, like, I mean, I I understand it, but YouTube probably just needs to take the hit and say we need to do better and actually like go forward and put in like. I guess a system of checks and balances to where like they check people's content and actually like, I mean, they have an algorithm that does that. It, it just sounds like they obviously need to refine it or, well, yeah. Cause when, something. when I posted like the second episode of select start, 
I titled the episode Suicide is Painless, which is the name of a like song from my favorite TV show, which is M.A.S.H. Like, it's the title track for the song. It's a really old song by Johnny Mandel. And, like, it's just the name of the song and has no connotation to it whatsoever other than just, like, okay, there's a lot of death that's just pointless in this, um, mm-hmm. which was that entire episode. I think I died, like, 70, 80 times or something, which is still my record in a single episode. Jesus. Although I came close this past week. Uh, the episode that released today, I came close. I was, like, half of that. Um, yeah, you almost make it sound like you're trying. Yeah, I, I was actually trying. My my goal for the episode that came out today was like, I want to stay under 10 for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I blew that out of the water in like two seconds. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I started out and I was like, oh yeah, this is really easy. I'm getting through this fairly easy. And then I just got stuck on one part like I always do. But and it's just dead, 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 yeah. dead. Yeah. But anyways, it's like, so YouTube flagged like the suicide is painless and they're like, this video is not like suitable for advertisers. Think about changing like the name. And then I had to like change the name. So I just like changed it to I'm an idiot for thinking that it would pass. Um, so I just changed it to I'm an idiot and then reposted it and it didn't have a problem then. So, <laughs> but I don't know. YouTube's algorithm is just broken. So it's whatever. We'll see what happens with that in the coming weeks, especially since YouTube is like a big part of what we do clearly. And then like, I know Twitch is so much more strict about things like to even broadcast on Twitch, you have to choose a game that's been verified. And like, unless you're a Twitch partner, like just as a regular person like me for, if you want to stream on Twitch, you have to pick a game that's like actually verified by Twitch you have to like say this is what i'm streaming it's not going to be anything else just this and then like there's a whole system like in place and if you hmm. violate their like terms of service you'll just get like banned so it is what it is but i don't know i think maybe youtube could take a take a lesson from twitch all right let's talk about uh, some movies uh, have you seen the Spider-Man, new Spider-Man trailer yet? I have not. I watched like the first 10 seconds um, just because I was watching, like how I heard about this was through uh, like a news site thing and I didn't like, so we have new Spider-Man trailers out, possible spoilers. Um, so I didn't watch it because I don't want it spoiled, but I watched it. It's like any other trailer. I mean, there's... Most trailers, there is has. To, I mean, it's showing actual footage, so is some of it is spoilers. It just depends on how big. But it's hard to tell without seeing the movie if they blew their whole load now, or if they just actually did a really good job of grabbing your attention without ruining it. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I mean, I might watch it after this and get an actual impression, but I probably won't do that live. Just because if it's bad, I don't want to be upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have any problems watching uh, It trailer because I've read the books and I've seen the original, was it like a four-hour movie? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Long. I've never watched the original. I don't do scary movies. Oh. oh, man. So, yeah, I watched this trailer and my impressions on it were it's definitely playing homage to the original for sure. 
Um, Wait, did you just say homage? Did I misuse the word? It's homage. Homage? <laughs> the H is silent. Sorry. I'm sorry. G- grammar. I-, I won't say the other word in that because I don't want to get flagged by YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's, yeah. It's being, here we go. It's being faithful to the original movie. How about that? You like that better? Yeah, that's... I, yeah, it, it's taken like a lot of the iconic scenes and recreate them with their own little twist, and I'm totally fine with that. There's not much they can change. They definitely need to not make it over two hours. It's way too long for a movie. Um. So in other other movie news, kind of talking about the uh, same thing of like movies paying homage to like their predecessors and just rebooting something. I saw somewhere, I don't have the article link, so I'll have to find it after the podcast and send it to you. But given you and BCOM do the anime podcast, um, Mm -hmm. did you see that the Akira movie, the anime movie, is getting a live action reboot? This has been going on and off for years now. Um, Like Keanu Reeves was in talks with it for a while. But no, I didn't. Yeah, I haven't seen. When did they announce this? That it's like it's official. Like who's directing it? What's going uh, on? Uh, they don't have a director yet, but they've oh, they've no. been throwing a bunch of names around. But it's actually confirmed by the studio that it's in pre-production. So, um, well, said the Ghost in the Shell is supposed to be kind of the big breakthrough for anime movies. So we'll see. And also, Netflix is doing a live Death Note, which is an anime, also. So it's it's kind of making it's starting to come out there, and also Netflix has uh, the rights to Little Witch Academia, which is I'm if you if anybody listening to this is a Harry Potter fan, watch that when they uh, let it out. They're waiting for the season in before they release all the episodes at once, but definitely give that like one or two or three episode watch because I think any Harry Potter fan will love that show. Wow! So. Uh... We'll be a little bit late announcing this, but supposedly on Reddit just now, like literally just now as we're recording this, a post went up about Red Dead Redemption 2 and it's a rumored Ooh. release date. So supposedly the release date is going to be October 3rd of this year. So there's that. <laughs> I just got a notification about it. Oh yeah, because it didn't have a release date. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. <laughs> so, possibly... How about Xbox news? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get get back to the Xbox news. We'll let you take the first one so I don't sound like <laughs> I'm hating on Microsoft too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. And who put all these news articles in here? Oh, that was me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Xbox is being sued at the Supreme Court over the 360's design flaws. Uh, which was like the scratch discs and the red rings. And I guess like the discs were spinning and like coming loose and hitting parts inside of it, which was like scratching them up. Um, I, I'm curious. Did you ever scratch a disc in your 360, Leo? Nope. I did. I don't know if I don't, well, I didn't pay attention enough, but my, all my games always continued to work. So, but I did have, I did eventually at one point get a red ring of death and had to get a second 360. See, I had the Xbox 360, like the newer one, the Slim. So I couldn't have a red ring because it didn't have LED, red LEDs. 
Uh, I think that's why I eventually, that was my replacement. Yeah, but like I did scratch a disc in that one because it was so unstable if you stood it up. Like I was playing, I think, in the lobby of my dorm and we were playing, oh, I'm going to say like Call of Duty or something, probably playing Zombies. <laughs> me, me and like a group of friends because I had four controllers for it, which I only have two for my Xbox One because most games you can only use like two people. But uh, no, I had four controllers and somebody bumped the table and it just ringed the ringed the whole game, rendering it useless. Oh wow! I was furious. At them or just like at the Xbox? At the Xbox because it, it was like barely a bump. Like, the Xbox didn't even look like it jiggled off its axis at all. Like, somebody, like, barely tapped the table and it just ringed it and the whole game just, like, froze. Oh, wow. No, I never had that problem. Just the Red Ring of Death one time. And I had a launch day one, so it was pretty old. Yeah, I mean, I know... uh, I I feel like I've seen it somewhere. But uh, I'll have to find the article and put it in the links... Uh, for the video on YouTube, at least. But I, I believe I remember seeing somewhere that it was like some 50% of original Xboxes red-ringed. So it it was like a high like number of people who ended up just having to replace their Xboxes because they just overheated from melting the soldering on the inside. So, yeah. Anyways, um... <laughs> It, Just hate on them. Keep going. It's okay. Yeah, it looks like in other Microsoft lawsuit news, uh, Microsoft is being sued for millions over Windows 10 upgrades that, I guess, uh, caused users to, like... Lose data. Lose data, damage their PCs, as in, like, the PCs wouldn't boot anymore, and all these things, and it's like... Like, forcibly installing itself without their permission, and it's just crazy. Yeah, but to to that degree, though, like, I will defend Microsoft on this one, actually, a little bit. Like, Microsoft, when they rolled out Windows 10, it was a year of, like, free rollout. Like, you knew it was coming. They made it very obvious. Like, there were all kinds of pop-ups saying, okay, you can install Windows 10 if you sign up for it now. Like, we'll give you a year to install it so you can Mm -hmm. back up all your stuff. You have a year, literally, 365 days. Get your crap together. And then it's like, well, people didn't care for that. So then they gave you a month, like 31 days, to roll it back to Windows 7 if you didn't like it or if it, like, didn't do something correctly. They gave you a month after it, like, updated on your computer. People still didn't do that. So it's kind of like, okay, if you were stupid enough to not do anything for a year in a month, so if for 13 months you didn't do anything about it, that's on you. (laughs) Like... I mean, yeah, but, like, say you just didn't want to go to Windows 10. That was kind of the problems with some of these. Like, they were getting prompted so many times to install it. They finally were just like, fine, I'll install it. And there's one where it says some guy just, he he ignored it for six months, and then it force installed itself. And, like, it doesn't even check if your computer is compatible, which seems to be a big part of the problems. So it will just install itself on an un- in- um, uncompatible computer and then just yeah obviously it's not going to run yeah i mean but there's ways to go back and revert back to an old save so you you can always roll it back or at least you could for 31 days like it, yeah but 
you're talking to you and me, two tech savvy people. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. Like if if you didn't want it to actually deal with one of like the updates, like so if you didn't want to have that on there as an option and you just wanted to stay with Windows seven or Windows eight or whatever, all you had to do was go into like un or uninstall or remove programs or something and uninstall one Microsoft update that it auto installed. That's all you had to do. So, I mean, for tech-savvy people, I don't want to see any of them in this, because <laughs> that's just stupid. Like, that's on you. But I guess for normal people who aren't tech-savvy, so like, you know, our parents or things like that, I guess I can see that. But, I don't know. I, I just expect people to be a little more intelligent, I guess. You're expecting a lot from humanity. Yeah. I mean... Sur- survival of the fittest <laughs> uh, so anyways before we get into a bit of Darwinism I guess we'll we'll switch over to Overwatch which kind of leads us into our main topic it looks like Overwatch has a possible 720 million dollar evaluation based on like events, merchandise, the game itself, esports revenue Etc. 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 Could pull in seven hundred and twenty million dollars a year, um, in a new report by PC Gamer. So that's a little bit ridiculous <laughs> for such a simple game that only has uh, online multiplayer. Have you played Overwatch, Leo? Nope. I did play. What? LOL's kind of the same thing, right? League of Legends. Yeah. Uh, vastly different, but similar enough in, like, the fact that it's like, okay, here's these characters, you can pay to buy skins for them, but, like, Overwatch is a paid game, and it's, yeah. it's a little bit I, different. Yeah, I only played LoL for a little while, and then didn't really care for it. You should but come back. I do got some buddies who play. Yeah, I, That's about it. I, I play quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, let's... I have this article here that's linked uh, for the Overwatch League, which is like the eSports League. Um, That kind of shows some of the data off of it, which basically says like on the Overwatch professional eSports League, Overwatch could make over $100 million annually, which is a ridiculous sum of money. But that... Would you say only what? Only a hundred and. Only a hundred million dollars annually. Wow, only yeah. That that keyword there is kind of making me giggle. <laughs> well, and that 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 kind of brings us into our uh, like main topic for tonight, which is esports. Which for me is something I'm very familiar with. Uh, I think we talked a little bit before the show. You have no interest in esports. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to watch people on Twitch. I. I just never had, I don't like to watch other people playing games. It's very boring to me. Yeah, so... So are you going to try to convince me how it's cool? I, I will try to convince you how it's cool. For one, I can I can tell you, like, if you're like me and you don't have just a bunch of money to throw at games, like, being able to watch somebody play a game, at least, like, the single-player part of a game, for me, it's like, okay, at least I can get the story out of it. Like, yeah, I can't play it myself, which would be probably more fun. But at least mm-hmm. I still get to enjoy the game. So, like, I don't have a PlayStation. I Therefore, I don't get to play Horizon Zero Dawn. 
So like exclusives kill me because it's like I don't have the money to go out and shell out and buy all these different consoles. But like Legend of Zelda, things like that, I can sit back in my chair or like on my couch or in my bed, pretty much wherever I'm at, and sit back and watch people like play the game so I can kind of live vicariously through them. So plus then sometimes you get some some people who are just a bit comedic. So like they might not do the exact same things you would do in the game, but you at least mm-hmm. get some kind of commentary to go with it. So like it's it's fun for me to watch and it's also fun for me to do. Like just having that like interaction whenever I stream, like seeing people in the comments as as I'm playing or something like I love just like because I have three screens up I'll have my main screen like I'll be viewing my stream like it's health on uh my other screen and then I'll actually have a separate computer up just for the chat just next to me so I can like quickly respond if somebody says something or has a suggestion for something for me to do and for me that's that's a lot of what I like to do in my stream so it's like Okay, if you want me to like while I'm streaming League of Legends tonight, you want me to play, you know, this this character. Fine, I don't care. I don't care if I suck as that character. I'll play that <laughs> character if you want to see me suck. Like I'm all game. So for me like it's more about like being able to have that dialogue when it comes to streaming. So in part, I think Twitch is a bit responsible probably for esports which is a a note i have here it's like with overwatch becoming competitive and ramping up for huge amounts of esports revenue question has to be asked like are esports like going to be a thing that's mainstream and i think tbs even had uh oh what they call it i think it's like esports league like esl or something where tbs is now broadcasting like games once a week like counter-strike go games or something on actual tv and ESPN2 last year even broadcasted a Heroes of the Storm-like tournament thing. But I, I'm wondering how viable it might be for companies to bank on esports as a business model. So just getting into like some of the games, just to touch base on games that have esports. So in like the fighting game category, you have games like Street Fighter, Super Smash Brothers, Tekken, Killer Instinct... Uh, and probably my favorite in the group, Brawlhalla, um, first-person shooters. And this is, I think, where you could actually get into eSports, Leo, is, like, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, or just Counter-Strike in general, I think the whole series does. Um, Call of Duty, Crossfire is another game I've played before. Obviously, Overwatch, Team Fortress 2, Rainbow Six, and then, like, you and me grew up, like, playing a lot of Halo. Yep. So... We we do. Hey, a, I heard Destiny does uh, esports now. Do they? I I have not watched any Destiny esports, but uh, yeah, they're doing something or another because they just came out with private matchmaking last update. Hmm. I mean, I would believe it. Most most any first person shooter that has an online multiplayer is capable of doing esports. So it's like you and I play a lot of multiplayer in games. Not so much in Destiny, but like in Halo. That's primarily what we did. We didn't run through firefights oh, yeah, or stuff. Awesome. So yeah, it's it's fun to do that. So that's where the this esports comes in is like, okay, people want to play, they want to be competitive with each other. Why not have this forum for them to do that and really see who is the best? So actually a while ago I was playing in a qualifier for the Halo Floor uh global championship. That was fun. I, I finished in like 
the top 2000 or something in the online for Halo 4, but I never, never got close to going pro. So, <laughs> like, because I was just in the online, like, little tournament thing that you had to play, like, every day in order to qualify for, like, a single individual person's spot in a free-for-all match. And free-for-all is not my thing. I'm more of a team-based player, but... Anyways, so then you've got your RTS games, which I think BCOM is about the only one of us who plays RTS. Um, I guess you play a little Halo Wars, too. Yeah, and I used to play uh, all the StarCrafts and not. And just on a quick side note, StarCraft is getting a remake. The original StarCraft. So that's cool. Facelift, basically. Hmm. Yeah, and StarCraft is actually probably the biggest like RTS esports game there is. So, And that's primarily in, like, Korea, right? Uh, yeah, Korea, Japan. Uh, most of esports is actually really taken off over in like Asia and stuff like China, yeah, uh, Japan, Korea. Those those are the places where the best esports players are, and that's because it's more like part of their culture. Like it's it's not been looked on for the longest time as like, oh, you play video games, you're a nerd. Or whatever, like, <laughs> we're in the U.S. Now we're just starting to hit that point where it's, like, kind of cool. Like, if you didn't play The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you're, like, out of the loop. You're not the cool kid if you didn't play it, so. Yeah, that's kind of true. Going in that direction. Yeah, so then, like, regular sports games. Like, so you have traditional sports that actually make revenue for actual athletes, and then you have esports athletes that can make money off of playing actual sports games pretending to be actual athletes which for me is just ridiculous and i don't necessarily watch it but like fifa madden nba 2k and i guess they throw rocket league into this um because rocket league has a professional league now and obviously then like racing is pretty straightforward so like track mania great game love that game hmm. um i racing project cars forza all of those have like actual racing circuits where you know you sign on once every week or something you literally just race it's like it's practically the same thing as a nascar race except through a video game so i mean if nascar sells on tv then what's what's really the difference you know and then <laughs> oh, well, actually i'll tell you what the difference is these people do anything but a left turn they do left and right turns <laughs> left 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 <laughs> I got NASCAR jokes for days. Uh, yeah. Let's go. But then, uh, Let's move on. I'll get stuck. <laughs> yeah. Then the uh, the big hitters of eSports are the MOBAs, which is multiplayer online battle arena, which is like Dota, League of Legends, Smite, Heroes of the Storm. Um, and Overwatch has MOBA tendencies, although I would still call it an FPS. But then you also have games like Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering, which are just like quick card games but who i used to play magic the gathering yeah i've I actually do like because it still has a, a video game on uh, xbox yeah and, and i do like to play it and download it sometimes because it's really fun and i'm still really good yeah i mean it's brush my shoulder off it's got a professional league for it so <laughs> like and the thing i've noticed out of like just the lists of east games that like have big pro leagues and stuff is that most of them seem to be either free-to-play games or the ones that make the most revenue are MOBAs, 
mostly the free-to-play MOBA. So, like, Dota is huge. The only game bigger than Dota is League of Legends, which is the one I play the most. And so, for for lack of a better way, that's probably what I'll talk about the most. So, uh, I have a few articles here if you want to jump in, Leo. But it looks like, you know, by the numbers, so... If we just look at the numbers of sheer volume on whether or not esports is like a viable way for companies to make money, um, I, it's definitely growing and it's definitely viable. So in 2014, esports made 194 million dollars worldwide. In 2015, it was just under double at uh, 325 million, and then. Uh, Again, in 2016, it added like another $100,000, yeah, $100 million or something to it. So it was at $463 million. And then, then it just went out of control in 2017. Yeah, well, that's because kind of like what I was talking about before, it looks like, you know, esports and video games are becoming really mainstream here in the States, where a lot of the gaming money is put. So it's like they're projecting over a billion dollars for the first time in esports alone. Um, which is saying something considering like, I, I think the gaming industry had like $90 billion or something last year. So like if 1% of that is just on esports, that's a lot, but, um, yeah. So like I kind of said before, League of Legends and Dota 2 are hands down the biggest esports franchises in the world. Um, so League of Legends, as of 2014, had an estimated 27 million daily players. That's not just, like, total players. That's daily. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a free-to-play game. It costs you absolutely nothing to play the game. So 27 million people are logging in every day to play the game. And that was three years ago. So I I hadn't even started playing League in 2014. So call it 27 million in one, which, uh, if you compare that to Dota is it it generated seven times more in revenue than Dota in 2015, which Dota in 2015 as a whole game, which is also free to play. It's just like on skin sales, esports, merchandise, so on and so forth made $238 million for a free game. That's uh, just good business strategy, I think. <laughs> yeah. So if if you count for that in twenty what twenty fifteen at seven times that, do these games have microtransactions? Oh my god, they're full of them. Oh, that's is that? Oh my god, is that how they make their money? Yeah, that is. So like League of Legends, I can open up the launcher here real quick uh, on my computer. But like you log into League, and it's basically like okay. Here's this. There's all these like champions. There's, I think, last count, 130 different characters you can play or something, somewhere around that number. How do you keep a game balanced with that many? Uh, Weekly patches. Are you serious? Yeah. So in League, not, not to get too into League, but there's five lanes or five roles in League. There's top, middle, uh, bot lane, or ADC, attack damage carry. Uh, a support player for the attack damage carry and a jungler. So the jungler kind of roams around the whole map. Top lane is kind of this like 
he's kind of in his solo lane mid lane is a solo lane and then you have these like basically assassins i i don't want to say assassins because that's an actual like type of character in the game but like so you have basically people who just like destroy you just delete you in an instant which are your your bot lane guys and then you have support characters who like can heal them or like slow the other team down so on and so forth i'm a support player as like my normal role um so you have yeah the roles are assassin fighter mage marksman support and tank so there's a bunch of different characters that are categorized by those roles they have a main role and a sub role or whatever so basically like you can pay to unlock them with real world money or you can just play games to unlock the the like champions or whatever is what they and call that them. probably takes forever and ever doesn't it uh it's not too bad i played a little bit this weekend and i can unlock i i have all of them unlocked but it takes probably i'm gonna say between four and five games to get to about a thousand on uh the influence points and the most expensive character is like six thousand so you're talking like 30 games to buy to buy one Hmm. so not not terribly bad like 30 matches to buy the highest of the high not terribly bad but the cheapest are like 450 which is like two games oh okay so that's that's a little bit better yeah and it's and you get to pick and choose which ones you want there's no rng involved there's there's no rng involved um Unless you go through the loot, which is their system of like, oh, if you did really well on a champion, here's a free loot box. Uh, if you collect like three loot boxes and you have three shards of characters, you can re-roll them and get like a free permanent character or whatever, or like a free skin, which skins are just like cosmetic things, which is where uh, the, the gambling perspective. Yeah. Which is where the microtransactions come in is you can buy, you can buy like loot crates or or i guess they call them chests or chest keys to unlock those chests um you can buy different cosmetic like skins for the characters you can buy runes and stuff but again runes and those types of things you can get for free but it's it's the skins and the like loot chest stuff are the only things that don't like that aren't just like able to be purchased with regular like in-game currency. So, right. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to buy anything with real-world money like you don't gain a competitive advantage at all. You just get the stuff quicker. And that's enough in- incentive for plenty of people to buy the Oh yeah, I've spent 300-400 on the game. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and those microtransactions are evil, man. I I knowingly would do it. I'd spend twenty bucks at a time. <laughs> I, I'd go in and I'd I'd put like a twenty dollar prepaid card in there. I wouldn't just put my like debit card in there and just go to town. I'd like go get a prepaid like twenty twenty five dollar card and I'd go okay. Let's do the math. How can I get back to zero so I don't feel like I have to buy more later to even out back at zero? And I'd do the math and I'd go okay. I can get this character, this character, this character. These two skins. If I wait for this one to go on like a fifty percent off sale, I can get this one. And I, you know, that's for me. Like, I've spent a lot of money on the game, but like the guy who's the best man at my wedding has spent over a thousand on the game. 
Wow. So, yeah, and that was actually like one of the things I did for the groomsmen at my wedding was I bought them all like high dollar, like $10, $15 skins in League of Legends for like their favorite characters. <laughs> because we... That's pretty cool. We always played it, but like... Yeah, it's very easy to get sucked into microtransactions. So I can see how they make their money that way. But kind of mm-hmm. get, kind of getting back to esports, like, so League has, they have multiple leagues. They have a league in Korea, a league in China, a league in the North America, and a league in Europe, as well as I think a few others, like Oceania and so on and so forth. But like, so being able to have like the best of the best players from those areas face off, like it gives me something as a player to like look up to. You can look at them, you can watch how they play and learn how to like get better at the game. So it's like they have coaches, they have all the it's an actual team. Like basketball team has a coach and five players or whatever. Same with the League of Legends team. They have a coach and five players. Everybody has their own role. So it's for me not being able to play like competitive sports anymore as a former athlete. Like being able to transition into esports, where it's like, okay, if I play with you know three of my brothers and my best friend, you know we're a team of five. We all get on Razor Comms together. We all can play and work as a team that way. So, like, if you really like team-based games, like esports can definitely be entertaining. And like, you watch football, right, Leo? Oh yeah. So, big Colts fan. What What about football? is entertaining to you besides the fact that they hit each other is it like the strategy that's involved uh no i just i guess more or less watching my favorite players and i can also multitask while football's on i usually am it's usually something going on on the side but it, but you get like attached to players and is there like a specific reason why you get attached to a player is it because they're like fantasy football fantasy football so See, that that might be your gateway drug when we do this League of Legends pool with me and BCOM. Because that, that's kind of what got me started with League is I had played League once and I put it down and I was like, eh, it's just like, it's a game. It's- yeah, see, because with fantasy football, I can look at stats all day. Oh, yeah. But I still like to watch some of my, usually specifically the players I have on my fantasy teams playing. So I uh, track their performance with my own eyes. That's mainly why I watch, really. Oh, yeah. And League of Legends is the stat king for games. They track everything. They track your team's gold lead. They track every aspect of the game. They even track, like, how much you're in a certain area of the map in a game. So if you're if you're all about stats, you would definitely get into esports, especially with a game like League. So it, it's one of those things, like, there's there's a different aspect of it for every person. So for me, it's like okay, it's the strategy. I like learning strategy, so I will go watch these professional teams play, and I will I will do my best to try to figure out what, like, strategy I can then learn from them and adopt into my own game. So, and then you also have your favorite players. Like, I'm a huge Afro-Moo fan, and I'm, I'm a fan of, like, Team CLG, which is Counter Logic Gaming. They also have a pro, like, Halo team that's really good. So, like, just the, the counter-logic gaming as a whole for esports is an organization across multiple games that I'm a fan of. So, it, it's to me, it's no different than actual sports. 
Like, if you're about stats, they have stats. If you're about fantasy, they have fantasy. If you're about, like, individual players, they have that. If you want to be a fan of just a specific team and just, like, watch just that team's games, you can do just that. There's tournaments, there's, like, a regular season. And then they have, I guess, in league at least, and I'm going to keep referencing that because it's really what I know, is they have the uh, world championships where they have the best team from every region come together around the world and like so you have Korea facing off against North America it's like the World Cup or something but for esports that sounds kind of cool yeah and it's huge venues like they and they even do all-star weekends that for me is what will get you Leo is the all-star weekend so it's it's <laughs> less serious games so like in league it's all-star weekend they'll play tandem mode where they'll have two players on one keyboard and mouse. So one person controls the mouse, the other person controls the keyboard. And these are like high-paid professional like esports athletes that will sit down and they'll just like goof off. Or they'll play like characters that aren't supposed to be in the role they're in or something like that. And it's like, imagine Peyton Manning is a linebacker. <laughs> no, that, that sounds horrible. <laughs> but you would watch it because it's interesting. I would watch one play just to see how terrible it would work out. Then I wouldn't watch the rest of it. <laughs> but it's it's that type of mindset. Like, they do all these different kinds of things to, to pull you in. So, I, I'm trying to sell you on it. And I don't want to sound like too much of a salesman. But by the numbers, it looks like they're definitely here to stay. And it clearly there's an avenue for companies like this to make money. It's just a matter of, like... I oh, know it definitely seems like a good market. Yeah. Uh yeah. it's I don't know, it's getting people like you to look past it as like it's not just video games. It's it's kind of actual sports. To to a degree, like there's a team aspect to it, there's statistics, there's you know, all this all these different things that you pull from actual sports. Like if you want a regular season, there's that. So, yeah. It's it's really taking the sports model and just applying it to specific video games, and it, it kind of works, which is where uh, it looks like Gears of War has started to adopt some of this now. Because Gears of War, what, 4 or whatever, didn't launch terribly. Well, it didn't launch poorly. It just didn't launch as well as Microsoft would have hoped. So they're now adopting, like, seasons is what they're calling them, which is just like... Okay, from, say, May through July is when our season is going to be. And you can get ranked to see, like, how good you are in the world. So, like, in Halo, we've played Halo 5, where you play, like, the different playlists and you get ranked and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. It's testing how good you are against, like, the pros in the world. So if you're a pro player in League of Legends, you're Platinum or Challenger or something like that. But... In, in Halo, I think it's Onyx or something is the highest ranking. So, if, like, you start at Bronze, you work all your, all the way up to Onyx. You know, if you make it to Onyx, then you're probably going to get picked up by a pro team. Yeah. Uh, so your Destiny, need, it'd be nice if Destiny did something like that. But all they have is just different events like uh, Iron Banner and then the Trials of Osiris. Yeah, which is, which is it, it brings people in for small spurts, but there's no like steady player base of like actual right. competition. So 
like even for the casual and I call us casual gamers, like people who aren't just like dead set on a single game, like having that extra level of competition kind of trickles down back to where you start to get more consistent matches of people like in your skill level. So yeah. if if I'm playing on League of Legends and I'm like a silver two or something, I'm not going to be facing professional players. I'm going to be facing other people who are silver two. Fortunately. Yeah, I try to be a casual player in Destiny and go play Trials over the weekend. You're just going to get wrecked. <laughs> exactly. So it's it- By about that fifth, fourth or fifth match, then it will pair you up with like another team that's made it five games, and almost every time they will just wreck you unless you're a really good player. Yeah, so it's... Because of esports, they save you from that in other games. So you can thank me. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh... Got anything else you want to talk about, Leo? Since I've kind of gone off on a rant and big sales pitch for why esports are the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> uh, no, I think we pretty much covered all the fun stuff this week. Um, but no, you're more welcome to take us out. Well, that's about it for this week. So please subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter for podcast updates. Also subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play um, and leave a five-star review if you like what you've heard. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and plug myself. Follow me on Twitch. I don't care if you subscribe. I'm not worried about making money. <laughs> it's not what this is. I just, I'm wanting to get out there and get my name he out there. He wants the attention. I do. I'm an attention whore. <laughs> no, but I, I just want to kind of have that interaction and see like what other people would like to see me do. And maybe even I'll right. get you to s- tune into a stream this week, Leo. That's my goal is get you to watch a stream. Oh, I don't know. I got other video games to play. I will find a way. (laughs) All right. uh, Later. We'll see you guys next week.